When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Birdland. I'm Mark Brown. I've been covering the Orioles for more than a decade on CamdenChat.com and hosting this podcast for 93 episodes and counting. It is now January the 31st, 2024, or if you're very diligent in checking your podcast feed, it's still January the 30th because this is a special breaking news episode of the podcast. No, it is not because the Orioles traded for or signed a starting pitcher, but rather as I'm sure you've already heard elsewhere, reports have hit mainstream media that the Angelos family has agreed on a two-step sale of its stake in the Orioles to a group that is led by Baltimore-born billionaire David Rubenstein. Rubenstein amassed his fortune at the private equity firm, the Carlisle Group, and has been serving as the chairman of the board of the Kennedy Center in D.C. for the past 14 years. This is some huge seismic news. You know it was seismic because it reached the level that my dad called me to make sure that I knew about it, which I don't even know the last thing that he uh, he needed to call me about. But that's where it was. Big level. Rubenstein, you may recall, was rumored to have been in talks for a sale of the team uh, very late last year. That report at that time led to John Angelos, then in the middle of the 11th hour of the lease negotiations, reportedly calling, uh, personally calling Governor Westmore to say that there was no plan to sell the Orioles. Of course, we cannot know the exact verbiage that Angelos used, and it's possible that he managed to say something with enough wiggle room to imply that they were not going to sell the team while, in fact, uh, leaving it open for knowing that they are going to sell the team such that it was not technically a lie. But it sure feels like this must have been one more lie, or essentially a lie that Angelos told in 2023, to go along with his promises to open the books and promises to have the lease negotiations completed by a certain dates in the season much earlier or in the year, much earlier than what it uh, ended up being completed. And, you know, maybe uh, a guy who reportedly never passed the bar exam just isn't all that good at uh, parsing things and saying something that he thinks is strictly technically true, but whatever. The information that I will be using as reference in this podcast comes from reports by John Orand, a sports business reporter who maintains a newsletter called Puck News. He used to work for the Sports Business Journal, where I'm familiar with seeing him as he frequently reported on developments in the since-settled Masson lawsuit between the Orioles, MLB, and the Nationals. Uh, other information about this reported sale comes from the Baltimore Banners, Andy Kostka and Danielle Allentuck, who wrote an article for the banner. Those two people are part of the regular Orioles beat for that paper. So as of this moment, and I'm uh, saying this at about 9.15 p.m. on the 30th, so things may come out later, uh, more specifically after that. But as of I'm recording this, these are the details. Rubenstein, fellow billionaire Mike Arugetti, 
possibly being mispronounced, sorry if I did, of the private equity firm Aries Management Corporation. And what Costco tweeted is a group of Maryland leaders, philanthropists, and sports legends are set to acquire the Angelos family stake of the Orioles in a deal that will value the franchise at $1.725 billion. That is $1,725,000,000. One name that Costco specifically uh, cited as one of the sports legend is Cal Ripken Jr. So anyone over the years who dreamed of Cal eventually owning the Orioles have had at least a small percentage of that dream come true. The Banner Report by Casca and Alan Tuck's report said it is not immediately certain whether ownership of Masson is going to be included in the deal. I personally am working on this assumption that it is because otherwise I don't think the franchise would be worth $1.725 billion. So the key language there is uh, talking about valuing the franchise at that price because the Angelos family stake is not 100% of the Orioles. So Rubenstein and Partners will not actually be paying $1.725 billion. In John Angelos's infamous rant at reporters on Martin Luther King Day last year, he said that the Angelos family owns 70% of the team. John Angelos, of course, is largely not trustworthy, but we can probably roll with that number because that was information he was uh, revealing to make himself sound important. So if it was, in fact, a higher number, he would have said the higher number. So let's just go with a 70%. So at that 70%, the new ownership will actually pay about $1.2 billion to acquire the Angelos family's stake in the Orioles and whatever comes along with that. The sale will happen in two phases. The first phase will see what's being reported as about a 40% stake in the team sold to the new owners. It seems to me that at this point, Rubenstein could become the control person of the franchise or would have the right to designate the control person because his group would at that time own the largest share, though not a majority share at that time. Now, depending on how fuzzy the about is in about 40%, and whether Angelos's claim of a 70% stake is accurate or has changed since he said it, it may be that the largest stake uh, holder status would not be transferred until the second phase of the the sale. And the remaining portion is going to occur after the death of Peter Angelos. Peter is now 94 years old. He has been known to be in poor health for at least five years, and the intra-Angelos family lawsuits from a couple of years ago that eventually fizzled out uh, with no serious changes that we know of happening publicly with the team. Uh, In the course of those court filings, it was revealed that Peter Angelos has advanced dementia. So he is and has for some time not been able to um, make decisions like selling the Orioles or whatever. So that is what led to John Angelos taking over as what MLB dubs the control person of the Orioles franchise several years ago. Remember when Mike Elias was hired late in 2018 and then made available to the press, it was the sons of Peter, John and Lewis, who were present alongside Elias. That was now more than five years ago. And okay, the full sale, it does have to wait until after Peter's death for reasons that will minimize the tax burden that the Angelos family will ultimately owe from the sale of the Orioles. I will be right back to discuss more about the coming end of the Angelos era after a message from a Fans First Sports Network sponsor. 
Okay, so Oron's report said there is not currently a timetable for the sale, though it is expected to be discussed at uh, MLB owner meetings that were already scheduled for next week. So if the agreement turns out to be advanced enough to be voted on at those meetings, we could theoretically be looking at a handover of control as soon as next week, or we could be waiting an undetermined amount of time in limbo before even the first phase of the sale happens, let alone the second. Rubenstein, he is a wealthy man, okay? He's got a reported net worth of $4 billion. And as my Camden Chat colleague Tyler Young noted when Rubenstein's name first came up in connection with Sale to the Orioles, Ruben is owns one of four surviving copies of Magna Carta, the 1214 document. That's the year 1214 document you learned about and maybe since forgot about in history class. He's that wealthy. His reported partner in ownership, Arugetti, is worth $1.8 billion, according to Forbes. That's a lot of money, though note it is also not on the same level of current Mets owner Steve Cohen, whose reported net worth is now close to $20 billion. But still, having two guys who are worth a combined $6 billion owning the team, that's a freaking lot of money. Literally the day before the sale to the Orioles ag- or agreement was reported, Rubenstein announced that he would step down from the board of the Kennedy Center. I assume that this is part of his getting his ducks in a row to then go on to have the Orioles uh, sale revealed. Maybe it's unrelated. I don't know. If you go to the Kennedy Center, you can find Rubenstein's name and his wife's uh, etched in marble as some of the major donors in the history of the Kennedy Center. I was there just last week to hear a performance of a Beethoven piano concerto, saw the name on the wall, and joked to my wife that there is future Orioles owner David Rubenstein's name. I guess it wasn't a joke after all. Fans who have been agitating for Angelos to increase the payroll will surely be happy about this sale. I think there's little question that a higher MLB payroll would help ensure that what was proven to be a good Orioles roster last year can have a better chance of repeating with another great season. And so everybody's understandably hoping that newer, wealthier owners coming in will mean that they will open up the pocketbooks for the team to perhaps reach some contract extensions with young talent that's already on the team and make some smart mid- or even high-level free agent signings to continue to have a good-to-great roster that can make it to the postseason more often than not, if not every year, for years to come. And other than that, just let Mike Elias and company continue to do the work that they have been doing. I think that Elias's team-building philosophy, but he's now allowed to have an MLB payroll that grows up to, I don't know, let's say $150 million per year. I think that's an exciting thing to uh, contemplate. But even if there is a swift timetable for this sale getting underway, I got to say I would be surprised if we start to see that payroll escalation or really any contract extensions until after the 2024 season ends. I just don't think it's going to lead to Elias rushing out to sign Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell to bolster the starting rotation, or at least it would massively shock me if either of those things occurred. I, I think it will be a good thing if the owners uh, have a budget that does not ever require Elias to start to consider whether Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, or Jackson Holiday eventually become quote-unquote too expensive in their arbitration salary numbers. I will offer this small note of caution 
Although we all want good things to come of this, that does not guarantee that they will. The new billionaires could prove to be meddlers in the same way that Peter Angelos was in the late 1990s. It would not exactly be unprecedented for wealthy people to take over a business they just bought and think that they know more about running it than the people already running it. They could come in and run Elias out of town or simply choose not to extend his contract whenever its current term, which has never once been reported publicly, comes to an end. They might just say, hey, thanks, but we're going to bring in our someone uh, that we've chosen ourselves now. It would also not be unprecedented specifically for private equity-connected people to take over a business and see it as kind of a smash-and-grab operation for them to wring money out of while degrading it as a functioning institution. Rubenstein's and Arugetti's companies are in the field where that's pretty much what happens, though I should note this is me editorializing based on my political worldview, and I am not offering an agreed-upon objective view of private equity firms. But still, ticket prices could go up without there ever being much payroll investment, or they could start nickel and diming on expenses for non-payroll aspects of baseball operations, thinking that what are actually necessary areas uh, look like waste to their eyes. But I think that John Angelos, in particular, has been so bad over the last, let's say, really 13 months. Uh, it's very easy to have this situation feel like any devil that we do not know must be better than the devil that we know. And I, I'll say, even after the previous note of caution, I am definitely in the group who is in anyone feels like they must be an improvement over John Angelos for the most part. To go along with the 2023 blustering about promising to show the team's financial information to reporters, which he never kept after making multiple times, Angelos, of course, was also reportedly involved in Kevin Brown's never-acknowledged-but-definitely-happened suspension from Orioles TV and radio broadcast last summer. Man, I haven't thought about Brown's suspension in months, but was that whole thing stupid and infuriating or what? So... Angelos uh, or Angelos flunkies seem to have been heavily involved in that. So get those freaking people out of there, right? Uh, Angelos, of course, also kept making comments about how the team could basically never hand out a contract in excess of $100 million, which, you know, that's going to make it pretty tough for the Orioles to ever uh, maintain their own talent or add any substantial talent from outside the organization as free agents. So I am choosing to be cautiously optimistic that Rubenstein, who has maintained ties to the Baltimore-Washington corridor throughout his career, including a variety of philanthropic giving in excess of $10 million at a time, like literally, not only does he own a copy of Magna Carta, he also is reported to have spent million dollar, millions of dollars to just have that copy housed in the National Archives. So it's not even like it's at his house. It's in a government building. Okay, right. So Rubenstein, I hope, is buying the team as maybe something of a vanity pro uh, project, you know, own the local team, be the guy to return a baseball championship to Baltimore. That's what I hope. I hope he is not going to be a meddler, that he's not going to be a leech, and really that we will never think about him again until the World Series trophy is hoisted sometime in the future. We should all prepare ourselves for the idea that something less fun will be what ends up occurring. But in the meantime, if you want to celebrate the apparent imminent end of the Angelos era, I'm certainly not going to stop you because I'm going to be doing the same thing myself. 
That's all that there is for today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to subscribe on your favorite platform. I will be back every Monday for the rest of the offseason. And as soon as possible, if the big pitching trade or signing ever does happen, or you know anything else of such uh, substantial uh, weight to necessitate another breaking news episode. Remember, you can email camdencastpod at gmail.com if you have any question or comment you would like discussed on a future episode of the show, or even if you'd just like to email me any feedback. Good Morning Birdland is a Camden Cast production on the Fans First Sports Network. This is Mark Brown, signing off.